Hello, good morning, good afternoon to what to whoever, however you're listening to this. Doesn't matter what time it is, but you all know you're tuning in to Last Word Productions. I'm your host, Tavares Wilson, and I always get the last word. And today we're going to jump starting some NBA news, man. I'm going to talk briefly over some things going on in the NBA currently. I don't want it too much going to... I usually go into the NFL news first, but... It's a lot of talk about NFL news with all the off-season moves and trades, things like that are going on, re-signing, new signings. So I'm going to jump into NBA news first. Now, first and foremost, as we all know, Blake Griffin is now a member of the Brooklyn Nets, but he has yet to play. And Kevin Durant has missed, I believe, the past 11 games, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong on that, but I believe it's the past 11 games. He's been out ever since a week before the all-star break he's missed he's missed a couple games it was either two weeks or one week but the nets have looked perfectly fine without them they're nine in one of their last 10 games and that's without kevin durant and blake griffin man that this team is by far the team to beat nine east i was completely wrong about these guys i said that it wouldn't work because too many ball dominant players it's only one ball. You know, everyone can't be the guy on every night, but they're clearly figuring it out. They're clearly making it work. And once Kevin Direct comes back, who many proclaim to be the second best player, if not the best player in the league, man, it's just going to be better for them. I mean, then you add in another guy like Blake Griffin, who is a former All-Star, is a former All-NBA player, you know, you add that into the mix, man. The sky's the limit for this team, in all honesty. I still think they could have added a little bit more rim protection. They probably still can because it's being reported that them, them and the Lakers are the favorites to land Andre Drummond. If they get Andre Drummond, yeah, you just hand them the championship trophy. It's a wrap. It's pretty much a wrap. But with that being said, I want to get off into – some new hot teams on going into the league now. And if you all follow me on Instagram at last word underscore productions, you'll see who I'll be posting later. The Heat and the, and the Hawks, excuse me. The Hawks have actually are now undefeated ever since they fired the HC and Nate McMillan has taken over. They're now five and oh after their victory over the Cavaliers tonight. They just a cultural change has definitely occurred. You know, it's it's no it's no slander to the former HC. It's no, it's nothing against him. It's nothing that's anything that matter. But Nate McMillan was deserving of a job, and he keeps it up at this rate, regardless if the Hawks make the playoffs or not. I think he's going to be the guy to keep his job for the next five, four years. Now, with that being said, the Heat have just switched into another gear, and they found a groove that they once caught when they were in the bubble last season in the finals. The Heat have now won 10 out of 11 games. Jimmy Butler is looking phenomenal. Posted a 29-point game tonight with five steals against the Lando Magic to help the Heat come back and beat them. Magic, despite the fact that Vukovic had a very, very good game, it's, it was cut a little short, you know, getting get the result he wanted, of course, because they lost. But at the end of the day, the Heat played a great game. You know, they always played through the team. It wasn't never just one guy. But Jimmy Butler is the one guy they needed back because he's their bread and butter. He's the guy who leads by example. He brings the meat and potatoes. He's their guy. 
And in all honesty, man, he's just progressively making his team better by each and every game. And with that being said, like I already mentioned Andre Drummond possibly being the possibly being the lead person to go to the either the Lakers or the Nets. I feel as if whichever team gets them to improve significantly better. Of course, the Nets, like I said, need a rim protector. But the Lakers, they are not. They did not get what they thought they was gonna get in Mark Gasol. I, for one, said Mark Gasol at this point in his career is not terrible. I don't. I thought it was a terrible signing when they signed him. I just felt as if they would have been better off re-signing Dwight Howard, which they were under the impression that they could do, but he went up and left to Philly. But that's in, that's in no one's power. So whatever happened just happened. But Mark Gasol was not the answer if, for me. At least I think he should have even been considered, if I'm being honest with you guys. But it is what it is. Now, I just briefly went through some of the NBA news some top stories, you know, Anthony Edwards posted a career high tonight and a victory over the Blazers. The Currently, the Clippers are getting manslaughtered by the, the Pelicans. Zion Williamson had a great game. Lonzo Ball had a good game. Brandon Ingram, good game. Like, the, the Clippers, from missing Patrick Beverly and Serge Ibaka, who got hurt within the first eight minutes of the game, they obviously missing some defensive presence and it hurt them this game but i'm not gonna dwell on it too much with the clippers they have enough talent to bounce back so i think they'll still be a top four top three team seeding and they'll be in the second round who depending on who they play they could lose or could advance again it all depends on who they play now i want to jump into the most exciting part of the show the NFL offseason moves. Now, before I jump into the NFL offseason moves and who's done assigned what extension or who's going where, things like that, I want to just speak on a little bit of who exactly has been franchise tagged thus far. I mean, who has been franchise tagged because the deadline has passed. Now, the franchise tag players are Alec Robinson. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna speak on that a little bit. Alec Robinson, Justice Simmons, Chris Godwin, Leonard Williams, Cam Robinson, Marcus Mays, Taylor Martin, Marcus Williams, and Brandon Sheriff. Now, I want to speak a little bit on the Allen Robinson situation. The receiver for the Chicago Bears. He is reportedly planning to not sign the <clears throat> franchise tag. He is going to dispute it as you know, as he should. I'm not I'm not on board with the one year fully guaranteed thing. These players want that guaranteed longevity money. You know, it's I understand it's a business at the end of the day, but at the end of the day, these people are worried about feeding their families and their well being. You know, they're trying to cash out now. They're not trying to get it the season after or the season after that. They're trying to get it now. Cause they know they won't have these high level play, this high level play forever. They know they need to get what they can get now. Which I completely understand why he doesn't want to sign the, the franchise tag. I mean, it's a one, it's a one stop, it's just a one stop pony type deal. Like, how can you expect the guy to even be okay with that? Especially with a player of his talents. You know, he's a guy who rarely drops a pass, puts on one KCs regardless of who's that quarterback, whether it's Mitch, whether it's Blake Bortles, 
whether it's Nick Foles, he's, I mean, they all just below average quarterbacks and he still goes out and perform. So you will want to pay this type of guy. But the Bears didn't see fits, supposedly, and they're trying to get him on the franchise tag, and he's not going for it, in all honesty. And I want to speak a brief a little bit about some of the extensions and the moves that were made in the offseason thus far. First and foremost, man, the game said goodbye to one of his legends today, and Drew Brees. You know, Drew, after 20 seasons, 15 seasons as a Saints legend, calling it a quits. He's a guy who leads the NFL in all-time passing yards. I, I believe he's second to Brady in all-time passing TDs. You know, he's, he's nearly first and second in every major quarterback category statistic there is. And so just congratulations to Drew Brees on a magnificent career, man. I hope he enjoys retirement with his beautiful kids. Well, he posted a tribute video with them and that's his retirement form. Just absolutely adorable. And hopefully everything works out for him, man, at the end. I know he'll still be at a lot of Saints games. I don't believe he's leaving New Orleans. He loves New Orleans. Well, we shall see. And we're going to get off into some other news about some extensions and trades that did occur. Now, earlier today, the Dolphins made a move for Bernardrick McKinney the inside linebacker for the Houston Texans. And in exchange, the Dolphins send the defensive end Shaq Lawson. And the two teams also swapped late round picks. I'm not sure exactly the picks, but I know they swapped late round picks. But the things that highlighted this trade is, of course, Benadric McKinney for Shaq Lawson. To me, this is a, a great move for the Dolphins. I think Benadric McKinney is a very, he's a, he's a three, four, kind of a linebacker, inside linebacker. And that's exactly what the Dolphins run. They run a 3-4, and they need they needed a more athletic and downhill type of backer. And Alander Roberts provided that at times, but he wasn't the most consistent. They needed that almost every other snap. And Bernard McKinney can bring you that. He's a former All-Pro. He's a former Pro Bowler. He's a tackling machine when healthy. You know, He's been hurt, I believe, the, season, the past two seasons, but he's a guy who is still relatively young. He's only 28. You know, been in the league out of, <clears throat> out of, I believe he came from out of Mississippi State. He's a guy I always was high on. I thought he was good coming out. I think he still is good. So I think this is a great move, man. You bring in a veteran presence to compliment Jerome Baker, very young, talented linebacker who you can actually learn from and grow with a similar skill set to his. I think this guy could be the limit for the inside linebacker game now. You know, I wanted him to go out and get a guy like Levante David. They did something that was the second best option for them. They went out and got another proven commodity who may not be as talented or as productive as Levante David, but he's still a good player. Now, that being said, the 49ers actually extended Kyle's use check, the fullback, to an extension not too long ago. The deal was worth five, is a five year deal worth $27 million. He's a guy who does a lot for him. He's versatile. He runs the ball for, well for them, blocks extremely well for him. He has very soft hands for a fullback. In the dying position, for him to receive a contract like that, you know, is almost unheard of, especially for a fullback now. But 
is rightfully deserved, man. He does a lot for this team. And I'm not surprised at all that they gave him his money. But what I am, the move I am surprised at was by the New Orleans Saints with Taysom Hill. They gave him a four-year deal worth $140 million. Now, I know at first glance, I know most people be like, why in the hell did they give Taysom Hill a $140 million contract? But you got to look at the details of it. The contract is completely voidable, meaning if the Saints feel as if Taysom Hill isn't the player that they were expecting to get with the deal, they can cut him and they can save literally everything they signed him to. They actually freed up $7.5 million in cap space with this deal. So the Saints are doing something that's beneficial for them right now. They're looking to unload a lot of players so they can create cap space. The biggest name that's been in those talks has been Marshawn Lattimore. And all honesty, I can see him moving regardless of how it goes. I don't think he necessarily wants to be in New Orleans anymore. And it's just... It's just slowly unraveling, not in a bad way for them, the Saints, but in a good way for them because it was time for a rebuild already. They, it just wasn't working, man. You put all your chips on the table, and you didn't get anything out of it. So, it was, of course, it's time for a rebuild, to me, at least. And some more news I wanted to get into, man. I, I wanted to speak a, a bit on the... The Kansas City Chiefs and their tackle situation. Now they are in, they are supposed to be bringing in former offensive tackle for the Bears. Oh my goodness, his name! I can't remember his name right now. Oh my God, what's his name? Can't remember his name right now, but I know he's going out to visit with the Raiders, and then with the he will be going to visit with the Chiefs. I can't recall his name right now, but. To me, them cutting their first overall pick, Jimbo Fisher, is was just astonishing. They did restructure Patrick Mahomes' deal before it even kicks in, which is crazy. <laughs> they restructured his deal to save up and free up a little bit of cap space. But at the end of the day, this is a team that has its eyes set on going back to where they just went to and winning. So, of course, they're going to put linemen around Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he's your most valuable asset. you got to protect your most valuable asset. That's like walking into a store with your phone. I mean, you're going to make sure your phone is safe and secure with you at all times, regardless of where you are, the store, outside, the park, the parking lot, your phone. You're going to always make sure your phone is where it should be and with you. Just like with a quarterback, you're going to make sure the quarterback is safe where he should be in the pocket and with you. Because you don't want to move Patrick Mahomes like how you see these disgruntled quarterbacks, quarterbacks excuse me, coming out like Russell Wilson, like Deshaun Watson, even to an extent with Carson Wentz and Matt Stafford. You see it. These guys didn't like their situations and they find other ways to get out. I mean, I think the Russell Wilson situation will be fixed sooner than later, especially seeing the reports come out saying that they're working together in the matter. But you just never know. It's just That's just all the God of the truth. You never know, man. I mean, it could be another bad meeting between him and the representatives for the Seahawks, and boom, 
trade the man asked for. So you just never know. Now, with that being said, we're going to get off into the fan Q&A. I know I said I had a lot to talk about, and one of the things I wanted to talk about was the fan Q&A. And let me just pull up some of these the questions. This first question comes from Byron Johnson. He says, I don't know if you've done this Q&A before, but do you believe the NBA should restructure All-Star Weekend? For example, keep the All-Star game, but add something new to the plate besides the same old skills, challenges, dunk contests, and three-point contests. Well, for one, Byron, I think that's a great idea, man. It has gotten a bit sluggish and boring, being the fact that it's just repetitive at this point. You know, it's exactly what we expect every year. And to be honest, the dunk contest was absolutely terrible this year. I mean, it's just so many dunks you can do that can actually excite people anymore. I mean, guys are doing crazy in-game dunks every game now. So I think in order for them to replicate some kind of... Like, to replicate that very same ooh and awe effect, I think they have to implement the one-on-one challenge that a lot of people have been craving about and reposting and stuff. I mean, you can't just do it with average players, though. No one is going to care. And this is no this is no slate to any player in the league. You're all there for a reason. But, I mean, let's just be honest. No one is going to care to watch Eric Bledsoe against... Gary Harris in a one-on-one battle at the All-Star Weekend, or or uh, what's another uh, Gary Trent Jr. against Cam Reddish or something like that. No, no one, no one is, no one is going to tune into that. I mean, it, it'll get a few views, of course, because naturally it's the NBA. People are going to watch it, but it's not going to do as good as you could do with a guy like Kawhi versus his own teammate Paul George. It's not going to do as well as you'll be with, like, a Zach Levine versus a Donovan Mitchell. You know, these, these are games people would pay to watch 1v1 against. Like, just a quick game to 16, you know, against some of the league's best scorers and two-way players in the league or anything of that nature. Like, you, you want to play. And I didn't even name top 10 players just now outside of, Ka- outside of Kawhi, maybe Paul George. But, I mean, how many people wouldn't love to see Donovan Mitchell go against Zach Levine? I mean, I mean, the sky is it's limitless it's to me. So I think if they were to implement anything, it should most definitely be that, man. A one-on-one challenge. To me, you can't beat that. To me, you cannot beat that. Now let's go over to Facebook where we had, I believe, like two or three questions. This next question comes from Mark Kearse. Will the Steelers be able to keep Juju and Bud Dupree? My quick answer to this is no. And here's why I say no. The Steelers, it's not that they can't, because they did free up a bit a bit of cat space. I think it was about $27 million, I think. It was $27 million, $24 million, somewhere around there. So they can keep both of them if they chose to, but I don't think they want to. And I think with the emergence of a guy like Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool, I don't think they, I don't think they view Juju Smith-Schuster as valuable as they once did. In fact, I think they believe he's expendable. So, I think he walked, man. I don't think they re-signed him to anything. Just like with the um, Aaron Jones and Green Bay Packers situation, I was absolutely shocked that they re-signed Aaron Jones. 
being the fact that they traded, I mean, not traded, they drafted for A.J. Dillon. I mean, that just shows me that Jamal, <clears throat> excuse me, Jamal Williams is going to walk. I believe he's a free agent after this coming season, or if he's not a free agent already. So that just shows me he's going to walk. But they definitely not re-signing Juju Smith-Schuster. But I can't see them re-signing Bud Dupree. But I only could see it happening on a one-year type of deal. If he's looking for a multiple-year contract, he's not getting that from the Steelers, especially coming off of that injury. He's not getting that. He may not get that from any team. He, he's going to have to sign a one-year proven deal because of the torn ACL he suffered. But I don't see them re-signing both guys. Excuse me. This next question comes from Quincy Charles. Why did the Saints pay Taysom Hill that contract? Well, the short answer for you, man, he's a very versatile guy. I mean, he does a lot. He does a lot of good things well. He's a receiver, quarterback, running back, fullback, punt returner, kick returner. I mean, we've seen that guy do it all. But he's definitely, 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 definitely not worth $140 million. I mean, he's not, of course, he's not getting the whole $140 million. I believe most of his contract may be incentive-based anyway. I didn't really go deep dive into the, all the details. But all I know is, is it, could be, it could be completely voided if they were to cut him. So to me, it's not that bad of a contract that it might seem to be on paper when you read the headline for it. But to me, it's, it's it's not that bad when literally all it takes is one phone call to cuddle and you can have literally all your money back. To me, you can't really beat that. So I'm not going to grill the, the Saints too much for that move. I mean, it's their choice. They view them as a valuable asset and a proven commodity to them. So it is what it is. Larry Gurdjieff asks, how much has the running back market been affected with Aaron Jones' contract? Ooh, that's a good question. I mean, Aaron Jones actually signed a contract that most people thought was relatively cheap from what his market was uh, demanding. I mean, a four-year, $48 million, I believe he had a $13 million signing bonus. But that's $12 million a season. They was looking at his market to be around 15 this. 14 to 15 million. I mean, that's two or three left million left on the table per season. I mean, when you put that in perspective, that's that's a 12 million dollar difference. It's a big difference. But I mean, he may have just wanted to stay with the Packers, you know, so he signed something that was more team friendly. He may have just wanted to keep playing with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, what running back doesn't want to keep playing with one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time and with a good offensive line? You know, you, you're going to want to keep playing with that. You don't want to just up and leave that. So, of course, he resigned with him. But in terms of the market, though, this definitely will affect some running backs like Chris Carson. I know Mark Ingram has already signed with the Texans, but Chris Carson specifically, because outside of Aaron Jones, I believe Chris Carson is the next best available running back. Kenya Drake, I don't think he's leaving Arizona, so I'm not really going to count him. But Chris Carson, I think he wants from the Seahawks, and I think he's going to demand somewhere around $10 to $11 million. I mean, he's not the flashy guy that 
Aaron Jones is, where he's a versatile type of dude who can make you miss. He's a, he's a bring you munch box type of <laughs> running back, man. He gonna make sure you get low, cause if you don't, he's running through you. So I can see him demanding somewhere around ten to eleven million. But again, it's not guaranteed, cause he is a bruiser type of back. He's a lot like how Jordan Howard was when he was a one K yard back, or a lot like he he doesn't have the same ground breaking. I mean, game breaking. Excuse me, dynamics this guy has, but he has similar plays than me, and that's Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb has breakaway speed. He has all the power in the world. He's, he's not the best receiver back, but he's he's okay. It's not great. He's all right. But that's exactly what Chris Carson is to me. Outside of his the speed factor that Nick Chubb has, I think him and Nick Chubb share a lot of similar traits to each other. Now, that's it for the fan Q&A. So, guys, I just want to first and foremost thank you all for tuning in to the show once again. Please be sure to subscribe to the channel. Remember, I'm on every platform there is for this podcast. Amazon, Google, Apple, Spotify, whatever, I'm on it. And then please be sure to follow me on Instagram, Lastword underscore productions, as I said earlier in the show. Follow me on Facebook, Lastword Productions. And even follow me on TikTok, Lastword Productions. Thank you all for tuning in once again, and I'll see y'all in the next one.